Hello and welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast, a podcast where we discuss key doctrines of the Christian faith, all while keeping Christ as the cornerstone in every aspect of it. I'm Seth Bridgman, your host. Welcome to our show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to From the Ground Up Podcast. We are back with another episode today with me, as will always be, is Mason, Dylan, and Cody. Um, today we're tackling a pretty uh, big subject, one with uh, quite a bit of debate behind it, especially between the evangelical and the scientific community. Uh, so we'll get into that here in a minute. But to start off this episode, first off, how are you guys? Hey, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, it's it's been a little bit of a chaotic time <laughs> in not only our nation's history, but in that of the world. But, you know, uh, all in all, blessed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, it's been, uh, it's been a trying time for, for a lot of people, um, with the, with the current situation that we're in. Uh, but I'm going to be honest with you, the amount of time that I have to spend with my wife now, yeah. I get a lot more time to spend with my wife and it's been really, it's been really good. We've been, you know, we've been going through different, uh, uh different books of the Bible. We started in and first and second Thessalonians and now we're we're uh, going to make our way through Ecclesiastes and the Old Testament um and it's been it's been really good to to have that time to together and to you know really uh really I guess uh, teach my or have a have a good study to, uh, together so yeah I mean same uh for for me and Bridget we got one, the little one on the way, so been getting baby ready for that. So, um, so yeah, I've got a lot of opportunity to, to get things prepared, room together, and, you know, just being prepared for, you know, when the baby comes. We got all, all everything, all our ducks in a row. So, um, it's been, it's been good to get all that, that taken care of. So, but yeah, we've, we've been doing great. When's the baby due? Uh, June 20th. June 20th. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Be here before you know. Good. Yes. Nice. Nathaniel will be here. Ah, uh, Yes. If if it's a boy, so, we don't know yet. <laughs> no. Your wife tells me that I can't call him Nathaniel. What if it's a she? Can you call him? No, Nathaniel? it's Nathaniel either way. Boy or girl, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's Nathaniel. Boy or girl, like still call him the same. Yeah. Okay, so before we get started, um, I want to ask you guys a question that has the possibility to divide congregations. What oh, is boy. your favorite Bible version, and why? Oh, man, I thought you were going pews or chairs there for a second. I was about to to get up and leave. Uh, Pews all the way. Um, It kind of depends on the situation, I feel like. Um, For me, That's true. Um, If you had to pick one. If I had to pick one, I'd probably settle with ESV, although I'm starting to lean more towards... The Christian Standard Bible, a little bit. So, funny that you say that, because I feel like the same exact way, like, as far as, like, studying goes, I like the ESV, um, the translation of it, um, and also the ESV Study Bible, I, I like, really enjoy, like, the, you know, the footnotes and stuff that's provided, but, um, but yeah, just for, you know, taking a, you know, Sunday just to pull out and, and not, not knowing, you know, I'm not going to be utilizing study notes or anything. I like the Christian standard Bible cause you know, I am getting used to the, the way the text reads and stuff. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I'd have to agree um, with Mason there on, on his answer as well. Uh, <laughs> Dylan. Okay. Well, <laughs> mine is, mine is going to be a little bit different. Um, I enjoy 
now, and I've came to uh, my my opinion has changed. Normally, I would just go with the straight NASB Bible because it is a more literal translation. But as far as um, giving a, 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 a teaching a lesson and reading from this Bible, it's really, really, really hard to do because mm-hmm. of the language. Sure. It, yeah, you sure. know, it's it, especially whenever you're talking, you know, the or the New Testament and all of Paul's epistles, because Paul has like he would go, you know, seven, eight verses and have. Twelve commas and no periods. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. He's the king of run-on. Yes, yeah, big old run-on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so with with that, it's like it's really hard to it's really hard to use this as a as a teaching tool. Now, as a study tool, it's fantastic because of the literal translation. Um, but as far as like a, a, a teaching Bible, I'd have to go with the with the ESV yeah. because I think uh, it's just you know one step down from the NASB. Uh, yes. Or the there is the amplified version, which is just a. Is that the one with the brackets and everything? Yeah, yeah, it's got like I it, can't it's it. It, it, talk about run-on sentences with Paul. The whole Bible's run-on. <laughs> There's just all this, yeah, all this different text. So. I can't follow it. I, I've tried. I've yeah, got a I've got a Bible that has the amplified in it, and I just can't. Yeah. I'm going uh, King James Version because that's the version that Jesus used. It's good enough for Jesus. So, if I had to pick one, I would probably go ESV. That's mm-hmm. like the one that I... Like when I preach to congregations, like I use ESV just because I love how literal it is. Yep. Uh, and as far as studying goes, like that, by far the best for me is ESV. But... Um, our the gospel project that we're doing in church, all of it is CSB, mm-hmm. and CSB is uh, written on a ninth grade level, so it's so much easier to, like to teach out of. So like when I'm teaching our youth and everything, I'm teaching out of CSB just mm-hmm. because it's easier to teach. But if I had to pick one, I, I, I love the ESB. Yeah, I get the the ESV. I think the overall consensus of this group here is that the ESV is probably mm-hmm. the best, well rounded translation. I mean. Because it's, you can teach out of it, you can study out of it. Uh, and it's, you know, it's, very literal compared yeah, to, I yeah. mean, ain't, with it being, you know, not run and all together. And it's not so right. difficult to understand that mm-hmm. you can't really teach out of it. Now, it's not the best suited for like teaching like kids and stuff, I feel like. I feel like you'd be better served with teaching out of like a CSB, mm-hmm. just in my opinion. But uh, as far as like, like for me, preaching and studying... And getting like the most out of it, ESV is ESV yeah. is my favorite. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, so to start out our episode, um, today's subject is man made in God's image. Uh, so it's a uh, it's one that's debated between Christians and non Christians. I feel like um, how they view it. So we're going to dive into that and kind of see what the Bible has to say about it. So. We'll just do roundtable like we have been doing. Mason, we'll start off with you. So the first question that we've got is, how would you best define in God's image? Um, so when I considered this question, I kind of went, um, just started in Genesis and, and looked at creation. Um, we can, I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can talk about when we start talking about the image of God. I mean, the whole Bible is dedicated to um, pointing people towards God, showing different attributes of his character from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Um so I just kind of started at the beginning um, and looked at God's um, 
what God said when he created man um, from the, you know, at, at the start. Um, he created him to be after his likeness. Uh, it was um, in Genesis uh, chapter 1, 26 or 28, we see his original creation, his design, his purpose for man was to be um, a person in his own image, to rule and reign and have dominion over the creatures of the earth. Um, so right there at the very beginning, we see some of the very um, base foundational, um, I guess, design that God made us with. He made us unique, made us um, separate, and he made us um, to have dominion, to be like, as God had dominion over the entirety of creation, God put us in dominion over the entirety of creation um, on this earth. Uh, and, I, and I feel like kind of moving on... Um, I think if we really wanted to see what the image of God, the best representation of that can be found in, in, in Christ's personhood, mm-hmm. um, we see the actual manifestation uh, physically of, of what God's image should look like um, in comparison to the rest of mankind. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, Imago Dei, which I, is that the... I don't know. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Imago Dei, I can't remember if it's the Greek, Hebrew, or Latin, or or whatever. Sounds Latin. Sounds Latin. Yeah. I I believe it's the Latin uh, uh, words for uh, the image of God, how man was was made in in the image of God. Um, And, you know, Seth, you kind of mentioned in our culture today that there's, you know, there might be a little bit of debate between you know, Christians, non-Christians on the image of God. Mm-hmm. And there actually is. There's a there's a good article uh, that Ligonier Ministries actually put out. Um, I can't quote it verbatim, uh, but I just point you there, uh, that talks about Protestants and the Catholics and their different interpretations of what the image of God means mm-hmm. and what the likeness of God means. Um, and it's it's a it's a very very interesting it's a very interesting article. Uh, another big point is that you know we we were created like Mason said you know in the in the likeness of God, uh, and the big thing is that we were originally in God's original design. Whenever Adam and Eve first came, whenever whenever God created first made Adam and Eve, they were sinless creatures. They were not. Inherit. Well, they were perfect. Yeah, they mm-hmm. were they were perfect creatures. They they there's no way that they could have inherited any sort of sin because uh, there was none before them. Yeah. That they mm-hmm. were that they were the firstborn. Um, so, uh, in, in that sense, I mean, it's it's kind of the the text, you know, in Genesis one twenty six, twenty seven, and twenty eight. I mean, it's it, it's really it's, it's really straightforward. And mm-hmm. as Mason said, you know, we see that actual image through the incarnate. Christ. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, even looking like in like Genesis 1 and 26, when it's talking about that, you know, it says, let us make man in our image. And I mean, from God's standpoint, you know, you know, it's, it's referring him and Jesus. And so he's already from the beginning, like talking about making um, our image, you know, let's make man in our image. And so, um, you know, sharing similarities and likenesses. Although we're not on the, the level of God, we we um, share a likeness with Him. You know, and so before, yeah, like you mentioned, before sin, you know, that if we would be, you know, uh, an image 
of Christ um, or, or of God. And, um, you know, in Colossians 2, it talks about, um, you know, uh, we're just going through like the preeminence of Christ. Um, but it mentions, you know, that he's talking about Jesus here. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And for mm-hmm. by him, all things were created in mm-hmm. heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Yep. So, you know. It just, uh, you know, even if you got Old Testament where it mentions it in Genesis, but then even in New Testament, you know, it circles back around to that too. Um, and so, so yeah, there's no no denying that, you know, God, you know, imbued his um, attributes and, and likenesses into us when he, he formed and made us because um, that, was, that was his goal in my opinion. So, Yeah, um, a lot of times we think of like god the father sitting on the throne and he looks like a human but like if you read revelation 4 like whenever john's describing god he's like well he looked like a jasper, jasper and a ruby, ruby and he yes, had a rainbow yeah. around him it looked like an emerald and you know there was thunder and lightning and clouds and like that what doesn't look anything about like a human being <laughs> yeah, what, what about what about the cloud that followed the israelites yeah i, I mean yeah th- th- there was no so yeah. a lot of i think a lot of that gets misconstrued Miss is it misconstrued? Misconstrued, I think. Mis- okay, there we yeah, go. There you go. I don't have the best vocabulary in the world, uh, <laughs> or I guess I do have a good vocabulary. I just misuse my vocabulary. <laughs> you keep using that word. I yeah. don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but I think whenever <laughs> you got Dylan, <laughs> uh, I think whenever we're talking about made in God's image, he's in Genesis. He's not really talking about the physical manifestation of man. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one nature of Christ. Christ has a dual nature. Mm-hmm. You know, he has true, a divine true. nature and a human nature. Mm-hmm. You know, I think whenever he's talking about in our image, he's more speaking to the attributes and the characteristics that we carry. You know, he's talking about love that we were imbued with. He's talking about um, the moral code that was written on our hearts to where we would strive to know right and wrong as God knows right and wrong, those sort of things that are characteristic of human beings and human beings only because we, and we're about to get in that into a minute, in a minute, but because we are the only part of creation that is made in God's image, we're the only ones with those characteristics. You know, we have reasoning because that's a characteristic of God. Mm-hmm. We have morals because that's a characteristic of God. And I think... In Genesis 1, whenever he said, let us make man in our image, he's making somebody compatible with him for the point of fellowship. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus was, you know, he's the physical representation of what we we see. And so, you know, obviously, you know, God's at the beginning, God's at the end. So he he knew, you know, how everything was going to take place. And so, you know, when he was, yeah, like you said, the attributes, the, the, you know, just the moralness um, of God that those attributes he imbued in us. Um, but as far as physical representation, you know, that Jesus uh, specifically is our, our representation of a physical attribute yeah. of God. Because like you said, you know, when, when you know, John's talking about describing, you know, he, he couldn't even really describe yeah. it. He was just trying to compare it to things that he most could associate it with. And still, you know, I, I don't even know if he even came yeah. close to describing but that. But in... In Revelation, you know, he even has a hard time describing the physical manifestation of Jesus because, you know, 
he's this shining bright light with fire in his eyes and That's a sword true. coming out That's of his true. mouth. You know, and a lot of that is imagery, yes. But, you know, we got to understand that, yes, Jesus has a human nature that looks like us, but he also has a divine nature that looks like God. And so, yeah, you because know, he is God. He is mm-hmm. God. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I don't think we quite touched on it, but I mean, let's, let's um, we talk about having a, a physical image and you know your the moral code and, and and also let's not forget the spiritual side of things mm-hmm. we were the only mm-hmm. beings and we probably get to this really quickly that mm-hmm. that was endowed with an actual spiritual self a soul yeah. Um, yeah. and and I don't want to jump ahead but but that's I mean, as far as being in the image of god that's that has to be there because we cannot have Adam and Eve could not have relationship with God if they were not also spiritual beings. Yeah. Our just spirit testifies with his spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that also brings into uh, an, another thing too, and that's they couldn't have a connection to each other if they did not have a soul. Like Adam and Eve could not have, you know, coincided together and actually loved one another like a man and a woman are supposed well, to love one another. Yeah, I mean, look at Genesis. I mean, God had Adam go through the entire animal kingdom yep. to show him that there's nothing that can be compatible with you mm-hmm. except another human being. Yep. yep. And he had to create he another created. human being to show him there you can't find completeness with one another mm-hmm. uh, through animals. You have to have another human being. Yep. Um, so moving on from there, Cody, we'll start out with you. Why do you think it's important that we set man apart from all other life? Well, I mean, like you know, Mason um, kind of led into a little bit before, um, and, and so Dylan. But like, we're, I mean, like I said, the only thing that God created in His likeness in that way, um, and so it was given like a spirit in that way. Because even the you know the angels and then all the other creation, you know, nothing it was made in such a way as, you know, we were made because, you know, God created us for fellowship. And so the, uh, the rest of his creation is there for his service and for his will. He, we, we were given a choice so that we could choose to, to love him. And so in that way, you know, we're, we're set apart. Um, and so, I mean, he even gave man like, you know, you know, outside of like the angels and stuff, but, uh, you know, as far as the earth goes, he gave man dominion over everything else. So, um, and so obviously that, that shows that, you know, man takes the, you know, it was a higher, um, up the totem pole, I guess you could say. Um, but as far as more important to, to God, you know, everything else was there to serve man at that point, um, before the fall and before everything, you know, kind of changed in perspective and we had to, you know, things got a lot harder, but before that was all in place, like everything was there to serve man. And so, you know, God put that in place and then, um, in turn, you know, the, um, man had the ability to choose to love God and he wanted that fellowship. So that, I mean, the reason we were created so we could fellowship with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so yeah, so, I mean, I, I think that that's, that's why, you know, it's important, you know, that it's set apart from other life that was created. So, yeah. I don't know, just to kind of give you guys a a little bit of a visual um, on, you know, kind of the importance of our role as being, you know, made in the image of God. Think about, I don't know exactly what they're called, but um, in science class you would see like an ecosystem and it would have a pyramid and then, you know, at the top of the ecosystem is what really, you know, ruled everything else underneath it. Well, that's what man is. Man. food chain? 
yeah, kind of, predator. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like kind of like a food chain, but not really a, a food chain. <laughs> Even though, I mean, it is a food. We it, are. It, yeah, it is. But it, anyways, it, whenever we look at that pyramid, we see our we see man as the pinnacle. Yeah, uh, man is the pinnacle. Man is over everything else that's underneath it. Um, you know, and I, I think it's in Genesis twenty-eight. You know, or not Genesis twenty-eight. Genesis one twenty-eight. Uh, God is telling Adam to subdue mm-hmm. the the earth, mm-hmm. uh, to to you know hone it in to to put reins on the earth uh, because this is this is yours to take care of. It is it is your responsibility uh, to to take care of the earth. Um, and by, by doing that, you know, God uh, puts man in that pinnacle position. Mm-hmm. And from that pinnacle position, you know, it, it just shows that, you know, uh, number one, Adam was uh, uh, obeying God. Adam, Adam was doing what God told him to do. Um, and so there's there's a there's a bit of an order uh, to it, I, I think, and and that's that's why that's why it's important. Hmm. Yeah, I think um, like like Cody was saying, and and like Dylan kind of reiterated. I mean, from the beginning, um, man was made differently than the rest of creation. Um, you see, throughout the first chapter of Genesis, God spoke and it was created. God spoke and it was created, and it was good. Everything was good. It's not that everything else he made mm-hmm. was somehow lesser or imperfect, mm-hmm. but when it gets to chapter 1, verse 26, there's a break there, and he says, now let us make man in our own image. Yeah. There, There's just a higher forethought or a higher level of intent behind the creation of man. Um, and not only was man spoken into existence, he wasn't actually. He was formed out of the dust. Yes. He yep. was physically formed mm-hmm. by God, and then breath was breathed into his lungs. Not just physical breath, but that also awakened man's spiritual being. Um, he became spiritually alive. And that just completely, like Dylan was saying, completely separates humankind mm-hmm. from the rest of creation. Um the fact that that there is a second nature, a second side to all human beings that does not exist in the rest of the natural world um, just sets us apart and makes us um, able able to commune with God. Um, also makes us responsible to to God. Yeah. Um, but I, I just like how I believe it's David. Yeah, David puts it in Psalm eight, um, chapter starting in verse four. What is what is a human being that you remember him? The son of man that you look after him. You made him a little less than the angels, crowned him with glory and honor. You made him the ruler of the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, the sheep and the oxen, as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea that pass through the currents of the seas. And then he follows that up with, Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name in all the earth. I mean, yeah. just David laying out that, that, I mean, what are we to be compared to God? We're, we're nothing. But yet, here's where God has put us on this in, in this place of His creation. Yeah, so. yeah. I um, I get kind of aggravated when people are like, "Oh, we're part of the animal kingdom." No, we're we're not. We're no, not animals. We're, we're, right. we're we're humans. You know, we were we were made separate, just like Mason pointed out you know everything was spoken into existence the entire animal kingdom was created in one day we weren't created on the same 
If I remember correctly, we're not created on the same day as the animals. Yeah, we're created on the sixth day with the land animals. Yeah. Okay. So we are created, but we are distinct. There, there. But yeah, there's definitely distinction there. Very big distinction. Um, And for one, animals don't have a soul. You know, and people argue that the Bible says that animals have a soul, but in the Hebrew uh, language, a lot of times, soul and life. Are interchangeable. Um, so, animals don't have a, a, a soul or a spirit. Really, they you know they don't have to stand accountable to God. When they die, they they die. Their life is extinguished. There's no eternity for for a, the animal kingdom. Mm-hmm. When we die, we have an eternal place to go Mm -hmm. it's either heaven or hell and we have to stand accountable to god no other creature has that responsibility uh but human beings so i think it's very important that we set man apart from all other creation now i believe that we should hold creation as a whole in respect for what god has created but when people try to say that Dogs are as important as people, or trees are as important as people. No, they're they're not. Yep, they're not made in the image of God. Man is the pinnacle of God's creation. It is the crown jewel on the rest of creation that that God had created. You know, when when He made man, He said, "This is very good." Yep. You know, it, it, I mean, He was intentional to let everybody know this. All of the, all the rest of creation was created for man. Yep, it was it was created with man in mind uh, to be ambassadors for God to rule uh, in God's stead. Really, is what it what, what creation was for. We were to rule in God's stead. Yeah, I mean, I like to you know also throw in you know like Isaiah sixty four eight. Um, it says, "But now, O Lord, you are our Father; we are the clay, and you are our Potter, and we are all the work of your hand." You know, when a potter makes, you know whatever it is, a vase, a flower pot, or anything, you know, they, they have spent the time to craft that exactly the way that they seem fit. And then, I mean, I've never, you know, done any kind of pottery before, so I'm, I'm only speaking from things I've seen. But I can only imagine it. If that was the first time that I'd ever made a, a pot and it looked good, like, I'd be super excited and proud about, like, because I, I crafted it with, you know, and so the same way with God formed us out of dust, obviously it was nothing for him, you know, and he could have created us in any way he seemed fit because he had the ability to do that, but the fact that he took the time to, uh, like, you know, intentionally form us from, you know, from the dust, you know, he, he you know, took that time as a potter would in, in crafting um, clay, um, to be an artwork, a masterpiece, or whatever, and that's God's intention with us. So I, I just had, was thinking about that when when Mason was talking about um, you know uh, you being formed out of the dust, and that just kind of came to mind for me. So another important aspect to kind of to kind of think about too is that I mean God gave man a standard to live by. God gave Adam the standard of this is yours, you need to take care of it. Mm-hmm. God didn't do that with any other thing. He only gave man the responsibility to subdue the earth. Um, and if whenever we uphold that, whenever we 
uh, maintain God's standard, then obviously God gets glorified through it. Mm-hmm. Um, we, like you were kind of pointing out, you know, sometimes we like to equate uh, different animals, you know, cat, whether it be cats, dogs, pets, or, or mm-hmm. whatever it may be. We try to equate those to human life, and that is that is no way any that's not even in the ballpark of what God yeah. set out for us. Um, so with, with us, you know, subduing the, the these different creatures, it, it really uh, really holds uh, God's standard true. Well, I mean, you look when a snake kills a snake or when a dog kills a dog there's no repercussions zero for that but i mean look in genesis 9 after the flood and what does god tell moses if anyone kills a man his life will be required of him because he has shed blood and man is made in god's image Mm -hmm. you know god god makes it distinct if anyone kills a man I'm going to require his lifeblood because he has killed someone made in my image. You know, he doesn't say that with any other animal. So, yes, there's a very big distinction there with with the levels of life in the view of God. So moving on from there, uh, Mason, how do you how does our perspective change when we start viewing all people uh, as in God's image? Um, I mean, it should it should take us. uh, It should. It should make us take a pause and really consider um, historically, culturally, how we tend to place different values on different levels of society. Um, If we really take this to heart, if we really um, put ourselves in, in the mindset of Christ, we have to see all humanity as not only equal, um, but as images of, of God in this in this world, mm-hmm. um, and and not not that they should be worshipped, not that they should be um, put on a pedestal, but that they are valuable. Um, that all people are are valuable. They're worth saving. Um, they're worth serving. Um, mm-hmm. If if we truly take on the mindset of Christ that Paul mentions in Philippians two uh, five through eight. Um, will really it, it'll, it'll change how we live it'll change how we how we actually treat our fellow man um, all too often we see other people as at the very least inconveniences mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. if not obstacles in our way um, it's a good way to put that yeah. uh, I, I mean it's true it's true for, for us mm-hmm. and, and if, if we are to be called Christians if we call ourselves Christians which all of us in here do um it's a real challenge to us to really take what we've been talking about in these first two questions and then apply it to how we view the world, how we filter what we see, how it affects how we react and how we act um, to different situations. And um, it, it calls us to um, to live to a higher standard, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why... Sorry, Dylan. No, nah, go ahead. Uh, that's why... I... Robbie Zacharias was so effective at apologetics because the main thing that he said is like when when you're answering somebody you're not answering a question you're answering a person you know he made it intentional to not just answer a question to check a box but this is this is a person whose heart is crying out 
for truth. Mm-hmm. And he made it intentional with every conversation that he was addressing the person. He wasn't just addressing the question. Yes, he would answer the question, but his concern was less for the question and more for the condition of the person. Yeah. So. I think whenever we, you know, start viewing people in God's image, we we take away their, I mean, of course, we still see their their flaws and you know they they are human and they and they are sinners just like all of us here are uh but when we view them in god's image we look past that and we see the spiritual capacity the we see the soul of these people uh because we're the we're made in god's image so that therefore we have a soul no other created being has a soul uh we the, we see the you know the the spiritual capacity and it's it, it should change our our perspective you know like Mason said you know uh, oftentimes we see people as okay well they're burdens on us they're obstacles they're mm-hmm. you know they're going to get in my way and if we change that and flip that and instead look at their uh, spiritual side uh, which I mean we can. You, you notice that people's spiritual side just by their actions. Uh, you can you can kind of look at somebody's soul from from the outside and and see you know what I mean what's going on. Um, and when when we change that, whenever we look into the the spiritual side of people, um, that uh, that really will will make a make a make a huge impact on us, and then it will also make a huge impact on them as well. Uh, because if we see that, and then we see that these people are hurting, we see that they're they're sinners. We see that they are made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. Then we probably won't treat them as obstacles. We probably won't treat them as you know burdens to to society. And unfortunately, throughout the course of human history, we have just degraded humankind. Mm-hmm. From you know, we can talk about slavery. We can talk about. Uh, the slavery, slavery worldwide, mm-hmm. um, Third Reich. Yeah, uh, I mean, even today, the Hindu caste system is still in play. Yep, and I mean that's, I mean, you've got people that you are literally holding in poverty because you believe that they've been reincarnated to live in poverty. Yep. Yep. I mean, you've just taken the value of their life that God gave them completely away. Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, I'm pretty going to pretty much reiterate what Mason and Dylan have said, but um you know, before before we came to know Christ, I mean, all we had to go off of was, you know, a worldly perspective. I mean, thankfully for pretty much all of us, we've grown up in church and and have known Christ from an early age, but for for somebody that's never experienced God, you know, they're they're seeing people through a worldly perspective. Now, but that's not to say that there's people out there that you know, quote unquote, good people. I know that none of us are, you know, you know, because we're all sinners. But but it, you know that try to do good things, but like they're not, they don't truly see the the value. Um, that God has placed in, in human life, and so for the most part, on on, on the a large scale, like you know, naturally we want to hate people. 
you know, they do something that they don't agree with this, which is a big thing in this day and age. Um, you know, they got a different opinion. They, you know, and even to the point where, you know, some people take it as far as, you know, you know, race and sex and different religion, whatever it may be. If there's a difference there, then, you know, naturally people try to tend to, to hate that difference, you know, because they want, you know, so because... And so it leads um, into that perspective of, you know, there's no hope. We just can't stand these people. I'm out for me because, you know, we're selfish people. Um, But then seeing it through the perspective that you've come to know Christ and you know that we're made in God's image, that just flips it up on its head. And you're seeing things through a different lens now. And so those people that you would want to hate before, you know, maybe it's some, you know, a homeless person that's never, you know, it just doesn't have anything, doesn't know how to, you know, what you're some, just anybody. Um, but just having compassion on them now instead of, of hate. And so you're seeing like, hey, that's not, you know, somebody that's just, uh, they're, they're just a nasty person and I don't want to be around him. And you're seeing that person is lost and needs Jesus. And that person, you know, is made in God's image. And so what can I do to help this person? You know, not only physically, but spiritually. Because now not only are we identifying like, physical attributes um, that have made God's image, but or identifying that, you know, trying to see that do they know Jesus because they may be a hurting person that needs, you know, needs Jesus in their life. And, um, you know, and so it, it's, it just definitely just flips it up on its head and, and changes your whole perspective of things. Yeah. Youth Pastor Summit last year in Dallas, David Nasser was the keynote speaker. And his whole thing was uh, honor. He was speaking of honor. And he defined when you honor someone, he defined it as when you start viewing people as nothing more than a sinner in need of a Savior, but nothing less than someone that is made in the image of God. Hmm. And that changed my my whole perspective. Because when you're, you're dealing with people and you have your differences and you have this chasm between you that's... I mean, that's very bad for the relationship. You've got to understand, this person needs Jesus just like I need yep. Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, they. this is a fallen person just like I was a fallen person. But, be that as it may, this person still holds the attributes of the Most High. Yep. And when you start viewing people in that, you understand, I need to treat them with the respect that they deserve as the pinnacle of God's creation. Yep. But I also need to treat them with the respect that they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yep. And they need to see it. Yep. So, that that's good. All right, Dylan, do you think people ever fall out of the image of God? Uh no. No, I don't I don't think that people ever ever fall out of the image of God. Um human beings are created by God in the image of God, uh, whether you're a believer or you're not a believer of that, the reality is is that you are created uh, by God. Uh, sin, which we'll talk about that, we'll talk about sin uh, in the next episode, mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't separate us from, from the image of God. Now, what sin does do is that it it clouds that you you don't uh, you won't have that perspective. Uh, kind of like an unbeliever, uh, an unbeliever doesn't have the perspective. Okay, well, I'm made in the image of God, and so what sin does is that it takes our 
our ability a way to be able to recognize that that we are made uh, in the in the image of God. It kind of it distorts it a little bit. I mm-hmm. guess that'd be a I guess that'd be a better word. Um, but no, we, we'll never we'll never fall. We, we we don't ever fall out of the image of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with with what Dylan said. Um, we're all distinctly created um, in the image of God. We're knitted together in our mother's womb. Um, and while that can never be taken away, just like just like what Dylan said, sin I really think uh, has the ability to um, to take away our characteristics of God. I guess not not the image so much, but the qualities. Um, like you mentioned earlier, Seth, uh, that moral code can be clouded. That um, that that quest for truth can be misled. Um, all these different defining characteristics of of god that we as christians should be striving toward um without the knowledge of christ without the the connection to god Mm -hmm. um those are all not i mean clouded severed however you want to put it we may not appear in the image of god but we are still created that way we are still created to have that relationship with god we are still created in a way um, to have to be able to have fellowship with God, mm-hmm. but without um, without salvation, without repentance, without that reconciliation, um, I mean, you can see where humankind on its own devices falls. We I don't have to look very far into our own history or into the history of the, the nations and the world around us to see how far and how fast people can take their own good intentions mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. their own reasoning and logic. And, and go to very dark, very ungodlike places. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, all of those individuals were created, and all those individuals that they destroyed were created in, in the image of God. Yeah, I think... I think we suppress our image of God. Hmm. Oh, sure we do. We naturally, yeah, we naturally want to not be like God. We don't like those attributes we don't want to be a unconditionally loving person we don't want to be kind you know we want to look out for ourselves and we want to get ahead on our own um and i think it gets progressively worse as we go i mean read romans they were given over to a debased mind yeah you know they didn't really have any characteristics reprobate mind <laughs> okay <laughs> reprobate <laughs> mind Anyways, they they had given themselves completely over uh, to ungodly characteristics and attributes, and and God allowed them just to be handed over. And I I figure those people really didn't show any attributes of God, but the fact still remains that they were made in the image of God. They are image bearers of God, regardless of whether characteristics or attributes um, are visible. And here's the thing, whether somebody we're dealing with has been given over to a debased mind is not for us to decide. That's God's business. Mm, yeah. And so we still need to treat every single person as someone that hasn't been given over to that, as someone that still bears the image of God and is worthy of salvation. Because every person that would accept Jesus Christ is worthy of salvation, if that makes sense. Nobody earns their salvation. Right. But... Anyone who's who's willing to come and fall before the feet of Jesus and allow Him to pay for our sin, you know, they're allowed salvation. So we need to treat everybody 
but they're still allowed salvation. I mean, look at, I mean, James 4, 4, you know, it says, you adulterous people, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. So, I mean, naturally, when we want to, you know, it's just natural for us to follow our our worldly desires and, you know, become friends with the world because it's it's more fun and easier to do. I mean, because, I mean, no lie, I mean, trying to be obedient to God is difficult. It's hard and it's because all, there's so many people out there um, that it's just, you know, are already in the world and you want to do the same things that they're doing. So it's easier to just fall in line with that and, and hang out with those people, do those things because it's, you know, it's fun at the time. It's fun in the moment, but it's not, um, not satisfying and spiritually. And so we're getting temporary satisfaction, but by doing that, we're, you know, that's in opposition of God. We're, we're making ourselves an enemy of God. So despite being created in his image, the more that we friend the world, the more that we're putting that divide between us and God because, you know, God cannot be near sin. And so in, in order, if we're in that state that we're, you know, sinning against God and we're doing it intentionally, we're um, choosing to do that versus be obedient to him, then we're making ourselves an enemy of God. And so despite being in, in his image, you know, if we're, we're putting that divide every time that we, you know, friend the world. And so, um, you know, that, that was a... For me, that that was a good verse for me to put in there because that, you know it just it just really put it in perspective um, of you know not falling out, but we can you know create a divide there. So, yep. Uh, so this last question, we've kind of somewhat answered this, but I wanted it to be focused around born again believers, not the mm-hmm. not lost okay. born again believers. So, do you think that we as Christians are, I say, are made less, but are less in God's image as a result of the fall, even though we've we've been saved by Christ and we have the Holy Spirit? Mason? Um, okay, so that adds a new wrinkle. Because <laughs> originally I said... Uh, Sorry, I kind of worded that question I, wrong. I said yes and no. You know, we're still essentially made in God's image, but ever since the fall, we're basically stillborn uh, spiritually. You know, we don't have before um, coming to belief and faith in Jesus Christ, payment for our sins, um, the world that is not Christian is spiritually dead. So in order to be more like Christ, uh, more like God, more in His image, we have to be spiritually awakened. So now that you've thrown that wrinkle in... Sorry. Um, coming, coming just from a Christian perspective, I mean, I think we tend to you know, cast stones on the world not looking like... God, even though, you know, how are they to know what God looks like if we mm-hmm. don't tell them? I think the same is true for Christians. Um, I'm sure we'll get to this eventually, but the Christian life, the Christian walk is a relationship with God, and relationships have their ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, so the more focused and the more diligently um, we we pursue and follow after Christ, uh, the more diligently we read His Word um, and practice what it, what it says, and we aren't just hearers of the words, but doers also, um, the more we will resemble um, Christ through that sanctification process, um, through um, learning more and emulating more of Christ's um, attributes, we can look more and more like the completed image of Christ. And in the same way, um, 
I don't remember who said it once, but in the Christian life, there is no pause. There is no, mm-hmm. there is no stance. So there's only forwards or backwards. Mm-hmm. I don't believe you can really stay in the same place if you aren't growing, you're shrinking. So while I believe we can grow to be more, a better representation is how I'm going to say it, a better representation of Christ. Um, if we aren't actively pursuing that, then what are we doing? We're not standing still. We're usually allowing other influences to come in and ruin our representation of Christ. Yeah. Um, so in that way, we're, we're kind of going backwards. I'm not, not saying, I am not saying you can lose your salvation. Let me spell that out very clearly. But I do believe that that life, this is a really bad visual, but life's like a treadmill. If, if, if you're not moving, you're going backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's because we're not an island. We're not isolated. Mm-hmm. We're in the world. We are not in a spiritual enlightened place, um, especially outside of the, the congregation of, of believers. Every time we step out into the world, we're stepping out into a very dark, very dangerous place if you're not grounded and founded in the Word, if you're not actively pursuing after Christ. So I guess to answer your question... I would say, yes, we can be a poorer image of, of God than, than we should be. Mm-hmm. But, but in the same way, we're, we're still created in God's image. Okay. That was long-winded. Sorry. Okay. Um, you know, and I have a differing opinion. I think this is our first differing opinion on the podcast. Go ahead. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, so to reiterate the question okay. it is, do we... As Christians, do do we think that we are made less in God's image as a result of the fall? Is that is that the way that you wanted it worded? Mm. Talking about the believer, I would take. Hmm. I would take made out of there. Do you think we, being Christians, are less in God's image as a result of the fall? Okay, um, I'm going to take the hard line no. And the reason why I go with the hard line no is that, and it, it kind of goes back to question four about the distortion uh, that the world kind of creeps in uh, to even believers um, for, for us to, you know, not recognize that we are made uh, in, in, the, in the image of God. You know, it kind of hinders our ability uh, to recognize, you know, that, that we are actually made in the image of God. But uh, the, the way that I look at it is, is you know, you can't. It, it's not God's ability to make us. Hold on, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase this. I need to go back because Seth, you had to rephrase the question. <laughs> okay, Seth, this is all your fault. So, the, hey, the, in my defense, I wrote this question like three months ago. So. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so. No, the fall uh, has impacted man's ability to recognize that we are made in God's image. So, but they're not God's ability to make us in His image. So, mm-hmm. we're not. God is God. Uh, God made us in His image. There's no way that we can strip that away. It doesn't matter how much we sin. It doesn't matter how much we, you know, uh, are distorted with the truth. Nothing takes away from God's ability to, to, to make us in His image. Does that make sense? I know that was mm-hmm. kind of that was a little yeah. yeah. And I, let me emphasize because my what I, you know my kind of my thought process is is with you, Dylan. But like not so that it 
it's we're less in God's image because of the fall. Not the image part, but as far as it's um, the relationship with God. Mm-hmm. Because when we Adam and Eve first created, like they were dwelt like God dwelled with them in the garden. Mm-hmm. And then when you know serpent deceived Eve, Eve took the fruit. I took a bite of it. And so, you know, Genesis 3 and 7, you know, we see that um, they realized that they were naked. Their eyes were open, and they hid from God. And so, obviously, the disobedience part was right off the bat. But, two, you know, then they realized that, you know, they just opened their mind to things. And then that affected their relationship because they hid from God because they didn't want God to see them naked. And God's like, who told you you're naked? You know, it's like, and, and so it that immediately affected the relationship that we had with God. And so because of that, um, we, like you said, you know, we, it's obscured who we, our identity is in God. And so if we went from a perfect relationship to now we went to a broken relationship. And so, you know, now, you know, we're, we're trying to work our way back to that original relationship that we had with God. And so um, for people that have never heard or know of God or refuse to know of God, they're, um, it's, you know, they're, they're far away from that. And they, and they don't see, you know, that we were creating God's image. But for, mm-hmm. for us who have come to know Christ, we know what our, that relationship is supposed to look like. And mm-hmm. now we're working our way there. We're, we're trying to be obedient to God. And so, um, but now sin has created this barrier for us to be ever be completely perfect you know that perfect relationship with God, and so um, which is the reason Jesus came and then gave us that opportunity that that eventually we will have that relationship. But in the meantime, we're working to get as close as we can to it. So yeah. that, 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 the sin is the cloud. That, yes, that distorts our and will always be in between yes. us and God and keep us from ever in this life keep us from getting back to that perfect relationship before the fall. Yep. So. Yeah. I think there's attributes of God that we won't see inside of ourselves until we reach eternity. Mm. I think there's attributes of God that we will never attain until we reach perfection through Christ Mm. after this life is over. I think there's attributes of God that people won't see until they accept Christ. Um. You know, you read in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, you learn the fruits of the flesh, you know, envy, malice, all these things. But then you read the fruits of the Spirit, things that only come through the cultivation by the Holy Spirit in believers. And it's, you know, gentleness, meekness, kindness, things that just we don't see really outside of believers. We don't see a godly attribute of that outside of believers. Now, we'll see acts of kindness uh, from non-believers, we'll see humbleness come from unbelievers, but to see it as an attribute of God, a glorifying attribute of God, I don't think you see outside of salvation. And I think there's attributes that we won't see fully until we reach eternity. Whenever we when we reach perfection, you know, outside of this earthly life. Yeah, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. And. And just just for the sake of saying, I think we had some false advertising earlier. I don't think we had our first dispute because I don't disagree with what she said. Oh, okay. Um, well, then great. I, I, I guess <laughs> I, I I had a slip of the tongue here, and instead of image, I guess I, I was coming at it more from a reflection. Like instead of being in the mm-hmm. image of God, we, sure. we're, we're yep. supposed to be a reflection of God to yep. the people of this world, and and in that way we can kind of grow and shrink. But as far as being made in the image, no. 
I agree with what you said. There's nothing. The created can't undo what the creator did. Yeah. We don't have that power. So. Yeah, we are. uh, We we are created. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So. Yes. Yeah. Well, with that, um, we will end this episode. So uh, next time we meet, it'll be discussing sin. So we love you guys. Uh, We're thankful that you tuned in. Uh, to discuss this with us, and we pray that you will take these and you will study them on your own, not just listen to us and take our word for it, but look in the Bible and see what God has to say about these things himself. So we will see you next time.